You're listening to a podcast from Catalyst Vineyard Church, Aberdeen. You can find out more about our church, as well as more talks on our website, catalyst.vin. wonderful to be with you today. For those of you who don't know me, I'm Taryn, and um, I'm one of the pastors here. And today we are being streamed out and um, across all of our sites bar two. So a massive welcome to you if you're watching either online or you are watching uh, at one of our sites that isn't here in Central. A big welcome. And of course, a big welcome to you guys as well in Central. Every family has a story. And it's these stories that everyone knows and everyone remembers. And it's the stories that are recounted over and over again. And it's these stories that draw us together like threads woven into the fabric of who we are. For us, for this church, for this family... Our story is one of obedience and faithfulness as we follow the voice of the Lord. For as he leads, we follow. Just like the pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night that led the Israelites. That's the kind of church we are, trying desperately to follow the Lord's leading. And as we follow, there are times in our history that have been punctuated with significant moments where we've had to stretch way beyond what has felt comfortable and we obey. Now, these times, they don't come along very often, but when they do, we have lent into faith, we've lent into risk, we've lent into obedience as we trust him and we step into all the Lord is calling us to do. For as he leads, we follow. This is who we are. This is our story. This is our heritage. In 2012, we stepped into the call of God to spread out and spread life together. And we moved from being one church in one place to one church in many places. And we called that adventure Spreading Life Together, where together we said yes to the Lord, and bearing in mind we were a much, much smaller church then. We, between, uh, between the people who were currently coming to Central at that time, we gave £471,000 pledged over three years in order to start new sites all across our city and shire. And if you were part of this vision, I'd love it if you would just stand now. Why don't you stand now? Wonderful. Can we give these guys a massive, massive cheer? Thank you. You can take a seat. A big cheer for all those who have gone before us, enabling us to be on the receiving end of the Lord's blessing and the Lord's fruitfulness. 
This is our story, the impossible made possible as the people of God say yes to the mission of God and in obedience to him, taking great risk. Together, we step further into the call of God over our church. And now, it's time to go again. For some of us, this is an invitation to step into this story for the very first time. For others of us, it's about saying yes again to being part of this next Holy Spirit Mark juncture. So if you have your Bibles with you today, we are in Hebrews and we're in Hebrews chapter 12. It's going to come up on the screen and I'm going to read it to you. I've got my glasses, which is good for everyone. Okay, here we go. Let me pray. Lord, would you anoint your word to speak to us today. Would we, as we're about to receive your word and unpack it together, would you speak to us? Would you draw near to us, Lord? Would you come, Spirit of God? Amen. Okay. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witness... Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Amen. This is what we believe the Lord is asking of us, to run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. The Lord has led us to a critical point of critical financial need. And like with each other time in our church's history, we want our story, we want this moment to be marked with obedience and faithfulness as we continue to follow the voice of the Lord. So what we're going to do is we're going to do a three-week series called, if you haven't guessed it, The Race Marked Out for Us. And that's going to lead to a gift day across every single one of our sites. Because right now, as a church family, we are faced with two significant challenges. The first challenge relates to our regular income. Our income has stayed remarkably stable in recent years, despite the permacrisis world that we live in. That's our income. However, nearly every single cost has gone up. Energy bills, suppliers, salary costs, van hire, um, venue hire, food and drink, you name it, it's gone up. It's all gone up in price. And every month, it's costing us more to carry out the activities in our church that we actually have coming in. Thankfully, because of COVID, we've been able to save some money and we put that money away. But every month now, we are using that money and soon that money will run out. And so there is a real need for the regular income of the church 
to grow by 15%, which is about £12,000 per month plus gift aid on top of that. For us to keep doing all that the Lord has asked us to do, everything we are currently doing. Now, Chuck, in um, the next time he's here, he's going to come and he's going to speak to you and he's going to unpack what that means and how we managed, how we arrived at those figures. The second challenge that we face is the redevelopment of the Mearns Community Centre and Credo Centre in John Street in Aberdeen. And we need to raise £194,000, which is about uh, £60,000 plus gift aid to redevelop both of those buildings. We as a church family have experienced what represents the miraculous provision of God. In the last year or so, we have taken the keys and the deeds for three buildings, going from owning this building here that I'm preaching from to now three more, which is amazing. So firstly, a church community in Peterhead. Uh, They just felt the Lord say it was time for them to close their congregation. And they turned to us and they gave us their building. They gave us their resources as they joined the Catalyst family. And that is being beautifully led by Ali and Lorna McRoberts, who are the site pastors in Peterhead. And we're delighted. We're delighted to have a site in Peterhead. Secondly, we acquired a derelict former community centre in Lawrence Kirk by community asset transfer, and that was to serve the whole of the Mearns area. And we acquired it for a whopping one pound, which is, yeah, really good, really good. We got the keys during COVID, and at that point, we were advised that the cost to renovate it would be in the region of about 125,000 pounds. We have some money set aside for that, which was great. But then the process of getting the appropriate permissions had taken ages. And now the best builders quote that we have received is in the region of 300,000. Like I said, we have put some money aside, but we just were not expecting that level of cost. And lastly, We recently purchased the Credo Center in John Street in Aberdeen, and we were approached by the owners of that building, and uh, they were really keen to sell it to us. And it's going to be absolutely perfect for everything we need. It's going to house Transform, our compassion ministry. It's going to be home to our North site, who have been like nomads uh, over the last couple of years, as every rental has kind of kicked them out for whatever reason, and they've moved from pillar to post for a really long time. It's also going to house a recording studio, as well as being able to facilitate all our online activities as well as well as being home to a beautiful coffee house that will serve the people of Aberdeen. And we got it all for a ridiculously knockdown price. Originally, when we did the calculations back in September, we thought the gap that we needed to fill for Credo was £70,000. And that was to do all the renovations that we would need in order to make it work for us, that building work for us, that's £70,000. Amazingly, when we announced that initial shortfall, 
for the building, one person responded almost instantly with a gift for £70,000. And then several other people shortly followed suit. And so the total that was given them was £103,000. Please, can we just celebrate that generosity? However, just like with Merns, the build cost has just risen over time as materials and labor costs have increased. And so now, like I said, between the two projects, we need to find an additional £194,000. We have already experienced miraculous provision from the Lord made possible by these exceptionally generous people. God is for us and his grace is with us. However, we must meet these miracles with our own response as a church family. So we're asking everyone who has counted themselves in, anyone that comes here regularly on a Sunday and says, Catalyst Vineyard is my church, to do a number of things. Firstly, we're asking you to pray. It's pretty vulnerable doing this in this season in particular. It's madness in some ways, but we know this is what the Lord is asking of us. And so we all need to pray. We all need to get on our knees. um, There is a prayer and a pledge card here. And on it has got prayer points that we would love for you to pray into. And also, at the bottom, there are days that you can choose to fast as well, if you would like to do that. So we're asking everyone to pray and to fast. Number two, ask the Lord. Ask the Lord, what is he asking you to give? What is he asking you to sacrifice? What is he asking you to go without? Thirdly, to give. Some of you, you aren't currently giving. And this is now your opportunity to start regularly giving to the mission and the life of the church. For some of you, you are already giving. And between you and the Lord, you will decide the stretch that he is asking you to make as you increase your regular giving. We are asking the North and the Mern sites specifically to dig deep into their pockets to provide the resources they need in order to see both these building projects happen. Now, there may be some people here and you don't directly benefit from giving to these buildings because you're, you're not in those sites. But we are still one church. We are still one family. And you know, the Lord, he may be asking you, to give something to your wider brothers and sisters, to give a financial gift, just like that £70,000 gift was given by somebody who did not directly benefit from that. They're not in those sites. And if that's you, I really want to encourage you to do that, to ask the Lord and to do that.
Now, there are open days that are happening and at the Credo building and the Merns building. And they are happening. One lot is happening this afternoon. And you can go to Credo and you can go to Lawrence Kirk to the Merns building and there's architects plans and the architects are going to be there and you can chat with them, you can walk around, you can have teas and coffees and whatever you would like. But all the details are on this pledge card. There's a QR code and it will give you all the details with not just these open days today but other open days as well. Next, we are asking you to fill in a pledge card, this one here. Again, this has got the QR code that will take you to the web page and all the details that you need to know about what's happening in your particular site will be on the website there. And then the final week, which is week three, is gift day, where we are asking everyone to fill in this pledge card and bring that pledge card to them, to church, and together with the kids and the youth, we're going to come forward and we're going to put our pledges in the baskets, just exactly like we did with Spreading Life Together all those years ago. Now, if you know that you won't be there on that particular day, then the QR code that takes you to the website, there is an online pledge form that you can fill out, um, and you can complete that. And pledge cards are going to be available at the end of the service. The welcome team are going to hand them out. And also you'll be able to get them at the welcome desk as well. And if you're watching online, please go to therace.catalyst.vin. And all the information you need will be there. And so today as we start this new series, we're going to look at the runners of the race. Because the reality is there is no race without the runners, right? The runners are the most important part of the race. And this race that has been set before us is about every single one of us who calls Catalyst Vineyard our church family. It's about us all running it. Because we can't win the race collectively if we're not running the race individually. And we'll only win the race if we all take part. Because this race is not for just an elite few. It's for every single one of us. And the reality is it's going to take every single one of us to play our part in order to see this miracle unfold. Often in a race, you get, you, uh, get to wear a number, don't you? So you're easily identified. Well, the Lord isn't asking us to wear a number. You're all right. But I do, I do sense that the Lord is actually asking us to, um, to be marked, I guess, with two particular things in our own hearts and our own lives. Number one, the runners of the race are marked by sacrifice. So that's the first thing, sacrifice. Verse one, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. So this is a picture of a runner that is willing to do absolutely anything to win the race. You know, an athlete willing to sacrifice absolutely everything. You know, getting up really, really early in the morning, training really, really late at night, training in all kinds of horrific conditions. 
even on Christmas Day. You know, their diet is on point all of the time. Doesn't matter if it's their birthday, doesn't matter if it's a special holiday, they're doing it all with unwavering sacrifice. And that's the sacrifice we are being called to make in this moment. Yet it's hard. It's really hard because our culture today, the self is God. Rather than throw off everything that hinders, we live in a world that would rather do the exact opposite. It seems that the more we have, the more we are. Accumulation is the key. The more I have, the more my sense of worth grows. The more I have, the more my sense of identity grows. Yet we are called to be different, to go against the tidal wave of this culture. C.T. Studd, who was a missionary in the 19th century, he said this, there are three things you can do with your life. Waste it by living selfishly, wreck it by living sinfully, or give your life away by living sacrificially. Famous missionary Jim Elliot said, no fool is man who gives what he can't keep to gain what he can't lose. Let us throw off everything that hinders is a call for us to reject the self as the God our culture and also our hearts so desperately yearn for and want to embrace. And instead, keep on following the way of Jesus, who taught us sacrificial living, who laid down his life for us at the cross. Our salvation is only possible because of the sacrifice of Jesus. And when we sacrifice our money, when we go without things that we really want, and we give that money away instead, it helps it helps people um, see Jesus' salvation for the very first time. It helps bring Jesus' salvation into communities and into new people's lives. When we give our money away in a radically generous way, it will mean that all across our region, many, many more men and women and children and young adults and young people will get to hear about the good news of Jesus and to receive him for the very first time. When we choose to live life this way, sacrificial giving, it not only impacts those around us though, it also, it changes us. And I think probably anyone uh, that was there in 2011 with spreading life together will testify that. Choosing to make a sacrifice in our finances stretches our faith. That's what it does. And many times the Lord asks us to do something or gives us a vision for something that is way out of our comfort zone. And it's when we're in that place of discomfort, when we really find out how big God is, as we step out and we trust him in obedience to what he's asking us to do. Because we have to rely fully on God and not on ourselves. And you know what? That's how he loves it. That's how he loves it. A powerful picture of this giving moment uh, happens in Lifestyle, which is our gateway service that happens every Monday night here in the city centre. And this is what one team member said. 
We started giving an opportunity for anyone who wanted to worship Jesus with their money sometime before lockdown. From the first week, we made space for a giving moment as part of the worship service. The vast majority of people responded, and that's been the pattern ever since. Many of our guests don't have access to the internet to be able to give online. Many don't even have bank accounts. So most give by way of cash during the service, creating this powerful, humbling moment where most of the room chooses to move to give during worship, queuing reverently at the baskets to put in their offering. Another team member wrote, the thing is, as I look around the room at Lifestyle, I see people who I know are choosing whether to heat or eat. There are some who have neither. Some people are skipping meals to make sure their kids can eat or have de decent clothes to wear. Some are selling their bodies to strangers for sex to make enough money to get by. Some have severe, life-limiting physical and mental health conditions. We have people whose anxiety is so bad that they can't manage to walk to the basket at the front. But they feel so strongly about giving that they ask someone else to take their offering for them. Some are deep in debt. Some are struggling with addictions of various kinds, gambling, alcohol, drugs, mostly symptoms of trauma or adverse childhood experience that have left them ruined, not least financially. Some have no recourse to public funds, refugees and others who struggle to get by on a few pounds per week. Almost, almost all have experienced prejudice, judgment, rejection and disadvantage. Life has been and is hard. And yet, they choose to faithfully and joyfully give what they can as a response to God and what he has done week in and week out. Now, we're not asking every member of the church to give the same amount, which clearly it would not be possible. But we are asking every single person who calls Catalyst Vineyard their home to make an equal level of sacrifice. No matter how much or how little we have, we can give it sacrificially as the Lord asks us to. Now, maybe you're listening to this today and you're thinking, well, I have hardly any money at all. Maybe I could afford to give a pound a week or a pound a month to this vision. Maybe due to the financial climate and energy crisis we're in, you've been hard hit and you know that your income and your expenditure, your household income and expenditure is absolutely down to the bone. By giving the little that you can and responding to God in that way, I believe will release him to prompt someone else to give what you would love to give if only you had it. Over these next few weeks, as we pray and we fast, we are trusting that God will ensure that we will not only get the money that we need as a church, but that we will be able to give away thousands of pounds to our mission partners out of our regular giving. That is our commitment. Even if we don't get all that we're asking for in terms of regular giving, we are committed to give away 15%, to set aside and give away 15% of the monthly income for that purpose. And we believe that the Lord has asked us to trust him in that. And so that is what we're going to do.
Times are hard, but the invitation is to make a financial sacrifice out of what we have and not out of what we don't have. The Lord is not looking for people who have little money to give large sums. But these small sums are just as appreciated as the gifts of those who will give tens of thousands of pounds out of relative wealth. And we pray that there will be many people who will be able to give tens of thousands. The key is equal sacrifice, not equal gifts. And over the next couple of weeks, as we prayerfully consider our giving, please remember that it's a, it's a personal decision between you and the Lord. No one else will know unless you want to ask them. So the key is equal sacrifice, not equal gifts. And over the next couple of weeks, as we prayerfully consider our giving, please remember, like I said, it is just between you and the Lord. No one else will know unless you choose to invite them into that moment. And you may well want to do that because the weird thing is in the West, we never speak about money, right? You know, it's like it's a taboo thing. But actually, money is a discipleship issue. And so you might want to invite your connect group leader or someone that you know and trust or your site pastor into that. But equally, you don't have to. It is between you and the Lord. Chuck and I won't know. The site pastors won't know. Only our finance team will know what you choose to give. Do you remember the time Jesus witnessed the poor widow? And she put two small copper coins into the offering. He said she put in more than all the others. They gave out of their gifts of wealth, but she gave out of her poverty. Whether we are wealthy or we are poor or we're somewhere in the middle, we're being invited to act like that widow, to give sacrificially from all that the Lord has entrusted us with. As together we run the race that has been marked out for us. Number two, the runners of the race are marked by faith. Verses one to three, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. We have received a call to run a very specific race, a course that has been laid out just for us. The life of discipleship to Jesus, the one who said, follow me and I will make you fishers of men, is one of faith, it's one of trust, it's one of obedience. For all of us, the key is living a life of faith and walking by the power of the Holy Spirit. Because we have not been called to sit on the sidelines. We have not been called to meander through this life. We have not been called to take it easy, but we have been called to run a race. And so it means we cannot be passive in this moment. We can't be a spectator. The race that we are being called to run is a race of faith. Psalm 16 says, I keep my eyes always on the Lord. With him at my right hand, 
I shall not be shaken. Our strength is in not what we can do, but what in the Holy Spirit can do. And as we fix our eyes on Jesus, our all-sufficient one, Jesus, he fuels our faith. He is the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For he is the leader and the completer of our faith. And he has placed a trail before us and he has completed the course. As we've stretched out across the city and the shire, I think it's fair to say that this process really has tested our faith over the last 11 years. Becoming one church that meets in many places. And you know what? It's going to continue to test our faith, church. We've done our best to hold on to the Lord's hand through some very challenging moments. And in that journey, every time, the Lord has provided all that we've needed. Every single time and has enabled us to step into what he's called us to. And we believe that the Lord will do that again. Amen. It's been a journey of faith. And I believe that God is testing us again and he's watching to see our response. Is this a church full of disciples who are willing to respond to my leading? Is this a church of people who are willing to go above and beyond what most Western Christians will do? I believe you are. Just as we excel in all sorts of ways, I believe we will again excel in the grace of giving. And for each of us, we face the test of faith regarding our own personal contribution. In the Bible, over and over again, we see that God doesn't just do something in heaven that's apart from the hands of his people. In the Old Testament, we see the people of Israel as they cross the river Jordan into the promised land. God required Joshua, the leader and the priest, to step into that river before the river divided and the people could cross over. He required the people to circle round the walls of Jericho over and over again, rather than just simply knocking the walls down by himself. For as we play our part, it releases God to move. As we step out in radical faith, and in doing so, we say to God, we want to run in complete obedience to the call that you've put on our lives. That sets the stage for the Lord to act. Why don't we stand?